Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, ladies? What's, What's up, Elsie? Uh, I know. What's up, Jessica? How you doing? Normally, I don't address the audience first. It threw you off for a minute. I know. I was like, uh, who is she talking to? Why did I do that? Yeah, I don't know. That was new for me. Hi. I haven't spoken to you in your voice, in your ear for so long. Yeah, it has been. It has been. When's the last time we chat? Well, we chatted during the week last week. A lot. Yeah, we did. But then we lost track of each other. Wait a minute. No, wait. We were chatting a little bit yesterday in the morning. Monday, we had one text back and forth. Sunday, you went hog wild on me. No, I'm just kidding. Was it Sunday? No, that was Monday. Wait, no. Monday was Richard Simmons we talked about. And then, yeah. We're pretty regularly... You know, it's funny. I find myself, Elsie, like, because my friend Amy Scott is visiting, and she's a mutual friend, just for those of you who are listening. She's a mutual friend from B-School, where Elsie and I met. And then also, I've been talking a lot to Heather Osgood about, you know, possibly working together and... um I talk about you a lot. Like you're a boyfriend. (laughs) It's so weird. Like, especially with Amy, I'm like, because like we went to this place last night for dinner called Harvest. We went to this place last night called Harvest for dinner, which Scott for a long place I'd like. (laughs) It's all farm to table and they list the farms on the menu where everything comes from. And it's all within like. I would love that. You do. You would love it. Also, for the health conscious. They have a little picket sign next to the um, dishes that are all under 500 calories, which I find hilarious. I mean, Scott, for a long time, was just like, I'm not going anywhere if they're going to try and control my calories. Fuck those people. But I was like, no, no, no. They don't all ha- – not every dish has under 500, but they'll tell you which ones do if you care. And so anyway, so um, we had a beautiful flatbread. And we had, and anyway, I, yeah, I mean like it's totally – and it's right next to the Whole Foods, right? Like this is a place that's uh-huh. like – yeah, and so then we popped into Whole Foods, and I'm like, Elsie says Whole Foods is the destination, the vacation <laughs> destination. Like, I find myself just talking about you like you're someone I'm dating. It's so bizarre. Elsie says this, and Elsie says that, and Elsie thinks this, I and Elsie wants that. the same thing happen. And it's like, you know, it's, I, I'm all, I do that all the time where I'll start a conversation, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in the middle of a thought thing, and then I go, well, Jessica says, and you know <laughs> Yeah, and I start the sentence like, or else I'll say something that you've said, and it's like it's one of those things where she just brought this up, and da 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 da, and she said this, and it's, you're a and sickness. I, it, yeah, <laughs> we're like a sickness. I mean, because I remember being like this with Scott when we first started dating. His name was oh my in my God. mouth every twenty minutes. I couldn't open my mouth without saying Scott thinks this, and Scott's so funny, and Scott's like so cute the way he does this or that. Now it's you. You're my boyfriend. I'm your boyfriend. You're my boyfriend. It's so funny. Oh anyway, God. oh God, we're making everybody Crazy. puke. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm enamored I mean, with you, Elsie. Yeah. 
you're an enigma. Uh, well, actually, you were you've been sharing with me all of the um, astrological sign stuff. So therefore, yes, I learned how to read charts on some level, and so I've been reading charts, and it's fascinating. Oh man, it's so interesting, Elsie's chart, you guys. No shock oh whatsoever, and mine too. I think everybody. Mine too. Mine everybody too. would kind of, kind of just go like roll their eyes and go, um, yeah. Mm, so true. <laughs> I don't think that it would be anything shocking. Everything uh, we struggle with is right there in the stars, people. So true. Oh gosh, anyway, all right. So we did ask for some feedback about a work it, you know, and From we did get it, yeah. some feedback. And I thought, you know, uh, I, I got substantial feedback yeah. for for work it. Right. So I got substantial, a little bit of audio feedback that we're going to split up into little bits and pieces and add our thoughts to it. Because one of the reasons I'm putting this up is is simply because I think Katie Ward actually from the gosh, Katie, we talked about this before. Is it I have to see if it's the enthusiasm enthusiast. Mm. Is it the enthusiast? You belong on that podcast. The enthusiast. <laughs> Enthusiast. I think that's because what it is. Because the podcast for me would be the unenthusiastic enthusiast. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> so Katie Ward's podcast is the enthusiasm enthusiast. And, okay, and it's really hard that. for my mouth to say that. So I had to make sure that I got that. But anyway, she sent like, you know, four pieces of feedback so that we can kind of go off on it because it really addresses like a few like labels around this stuff. And I think it's going to be really one really cool for people to listen to the podcast movement that way, you know, like sort of like the recap that we didn't really actually fully recap, but we kind of just gave our experience of being there with something like this where we didn't attend. You have attended in the past, but Mm -hmm. I didn't attend attend this year. But one thing that I wanted to bring forth, and I think that this is going to be in the show notes so that you guys can kind of check some of this stuff out. You know, Work It got a lot of really strong coverage in mainstream publications, mm-hmm. unlike I wonder why. podcast movement, you know. I wonder um, why. I mean, they were, <laughs> they got, you know, Fast Company covered them. Mm-hmm. And I just read a very in-depth article, like very well written, actually. It was one of those uh, play-by-play type of posts that was done for Vanity Fair. Mm. And... What I really love about some of these skilled writers, especially the Vanity Fair one, is that essentially she did, a, like I said, like a, a play-by-play of what happened. She really brought in a lot of insight from different places. It wasn't anything that was mind-blowing in terms of the information shared, but the writing was by far so much better than most of like the tech people that cover like the spaces and stuff where it's just so dry. It's just, it was good writing. You know, um, d- do check it out because it was it's not a, a quick read. It's not like you can really quickly can- scan it and and see the headlines and bullet points and lots of white space. It's not like that. You actually have to read it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so but you guys, it's going to be the links are going to be in the show notes here. And I, I just feel that that's that's a plus. It's a plus to start to get this type of coverage regardless because people are a little, becoming a little bit more aware of podcasting in general. So shall we begin with the first piece of feedback? So Work It was incredible. I was really blown away by the caliber of people that were there as well as the opportunities that were afforded to us. Work It is definitely more of a space for people who are working 
with like NPR affiliates and people who are connected to companies like Audible, BuzzFeed, those types of places. And to be honest, that was really important for me and for a lot of the other independent podcasters there. I can see how other independent podcasters might have felt a little sort of left out or whatever. But if your goal is to be a part of these larger platforms, then there's really not a better place in the world you could have been. I just realized Katie Ward is the girl at Podcast Movement who just came up to me and asked me if she could buy me a drink. And then when she went to go get it, I got pulled away to go take pictures at the little booth where they had all this crazy Hawaiian nonsense. And so she walked around with a rum and Coke for me in her hand for like a half hour looking for me, an extra rum and Coke for me. It was so sweet. And she was like, I don't know where you went, but I've been holding this drink for like 45 minutes. I'm like, I'm sorry. She's a really, really sweet, lovely, lovely, lovely lady, Katie Ward. Is she an e-leaguer? Crazy smart. Crazy smart, yeah. But but so, yes, I mean, I think one thing that she brings like straightforward there was, you know, that I guess the type of people that were there from the get-go. So if... Mm -hmm. I think that there's a level of understanding when you're going into work at that this isn't like, I can't say it's not for indie podcasters because that's not really the thing. It's more like being open to being exposed to the sort of corporate side or the professional side of creating audio content, right? Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I think that, that you brought, I mean, an analogy that, that I agreed with too. And I think we've talked about this in the past. It's sort of like you as an, like an, sort of like an Etsy, what is it? Like an ex, et, Etsy sort of creator, like somebody who creates oh, like the yes. arts and what crafts I said and like that kind of stuff. Going to work it is like attending New York Fashion Week when you have an Etsy store and you knit hats, like my friend Melissa. Like, you're wildly successful with your Etsy store. You have orders coming in nonstop. You still don't go to New York Fashion Week and expect to mentor with, like, Anne Klein. Like, it makes no sense. But, I mean... But, but though, I mean, it, it also is a, a mindset kind of thing, right? Because if you do have, well, maybe you, you are, you have an Etsy store and then you are a create, you're like looking to create a little bit more high end stuff, or maybe you want to work at some of these higher end sort of um, fashion places, right? And it's a place to network and understand what that is like. And for me, you know, at first I thought like, yeah, like I was... You know, there's been a huge transition in my gut about this. And I think it's coming from from starting to really internalize what being a podcasting advocate is, like for the medium itself, where I see that the same issues are arising everywhere. And it's not really just for procasters and just for indie people. It's all of us are kind of going through the same thing. And I can see that... Uh, we can absolutely help each other kind of thing. So going into it from the, like to me, I guess there is, there is a part of, Hey, I would really like to attend fashion week. Like that would be kind of fun. And I think that I would learn a little something from that. And even though I don't really feel like that's my thing, nor do I want that, I think I can learn something from it. And, and, you know, I think Katie's going to actually address this a little bit 
further here. But if you do have a sense of wanting to step into the audio medium, which which is what I've seen a lot in She Podcasts, where the women start doing it and then they realize, oh my gosh, I really love this whole editing thing, or I really love putting this stuff together. How do I get into it? Like for real, like as a job. And that's this is a great opportunity for, for doing that. So let's move to, to the next little well, piece. Well, and let me just comment this. Like, this is the first year that they opened it up to anyone who wanted to attend. And yes, so correct. I real correct. I realized while listening to Katie's feedback that she of course had a different experience because younger, inexperienced, independent podcasters were allowed this year. They weren't allowed when I was there. I only got there, yes. remember, because you were invited. Right. And I think you got in. I mean, didn't we figure that you got in because of you the Libsyn? To, you had to, you work, had you to, had to work for a yeah. podcasting company and you had to apply. And I didn't get in and you did. And I think it's because you've had a podcast since the dawn of time and you work for Libsyn. So I think because of that, she, of course, would have had – I mean, yeah, her mindset was great. She had a totally different experience. And I may have inadvertently – put people on the wrong expectation track by not realizing that before it happened. I sh maybe I should have encouraged people to go. I don't think I realized that difference until after it was over. So I apologize if I ruined it for anybody. Yeah, I think that there there was a shift, I feel. And I and obviously this was, I, I believe, the biggest in terms of like attendees. And one thing that I feel work it really, th that I was kind of like really surprised and, and pleased at is that it called a worldwide attendance. So there were lots of people that came from like other countries <laughs> mm -hmm. to attend work it be because it's one of the only conferences that is around this, which is actually going to take us to the next bit of audio here. So let's see if we can get the second little bit. One of the things I loved about work it besides the panels, which were incredible was the sense when you had just a women's only environment how honest everyone was and how unfiltered everyone was with their thoughts and advice. And they, everyone was just incredibly candid. And I think people felt really safe. I think the diversity was not for show. The diversity and the inclusion and the promotion of different types of voices and points of view was so well thought out and really beautiful. And I think we all just learned so much from each other. So the, I think the women's space part of it w is something that feels nicer, you know? And I, I do think that there's something to be said about walking into a room and just like she said, that you feel sort of like a little bit unfiltered, a little more relaxed, a little more like, I'm just going to talk about this. I'm just going to share from a sort of like, I don't need to prove anything kind of experience. And the Vanity Fair article actually alluded to some of that feeling as well. And it, I know that I felt it before, you know, that there's times when we've done, you know, when we did, when we've done our like day things, especially that first time we did it at Podcast Movement, it just feels so nice <laughs> to have like, mm -hmm. you're just all the women there, you know, it just feel, it feels like, I don't know. You know, I felt like less uh, stressed out. I don't know if that's the word to feel like. Like I had to be on stage and I have to perform. Like there was a sense of, oh, I can relax a little bit. 
Yeah, I think the aspect of I think any that's any women's only event I think has a more relaxed I can be myself kind of feel and it's a shame that it has to be that way but it's true. And the other thing that she alluded to all all that she actually mentioned was the diverse angle of things. And I, you know, kudos to work it for doing that, for being able to bring that kind of um, sort of exposure out to the different types of voices out there. And my only, um, not complaint, but I guess time to expand on this as well, is that the diversity of voices doesn't just end at the highly produced narrative type type of conversations, because there are some excellent uh, procaster type uh, content out there. You know, and some of these, you know, WNYC is front and center, bringing a lot of women's voices out. Totally understand that. My thing is that there's also a lot of the indie podcasters out there that are, in fact, doing the same thing, but they're not doing it in like the caliber or fashion week. You know what I mean? They're really having impact in their own smaller communities. They're, it's more like community radio, if you will. It is impacting the communities themselves. And the intimacy of podcasting and the diversity of voices and bringing underrepresented voices forward doesn't necessarily merit having to have a beautifully packaged show to pitch and to be showcased inside of these larger, higher seen podcast networks. There is a lot of power, you know, especially with you know, like people that come to mind now, and she's kind of like stopped doing stuff like this. But Dr. Anise Mabry, who started, you know, a very sort of like down home network for I forgot what it was called. I, I, I forgot the name of I say back to us. Was it yeah, it's something network? like that. Yeah, something, yes. something like that. And she, you know, she really was like, like, essentially bringing all kinds of diverse voices forward. And no, they weren't like, absolutely incredibly pristine on their audio. They had like a bunch of like, they literally chose a model of having the entire network inside of one feed. So if you would subscribe to the network, you would get all of these different shows like they were doing things. They were on blog talk radio. And part of the reason they did that is because they needed to make things simple and easy. And they needed to have a live component like so she essentially was serving her audience. You know, that was starting to expand into that kind of like work out there. Somebody else that comes to mind, too, that isn't necessarily I can't really say that they are diverse in terms of like the voices that come out. But it's also a very grassroots uh, podcast is a nun's life network, which is a network of nuns that are that have like four, like up to four. I think it's four of their podcasts that they really, that's how they reach greater audiences. It's how they evangelize. It's how they go into different places and to different, like they go to different um, mother houses is what they call them. And they like, they essentially like, they're so cute. They bike riding, they put their stuff together and they have a very clear audience and they really engage with their community and their audio is incredibly high end. That I feel is also serving there. It's more of a social service that they put out there for their mission, who is so clear, like voices like that, that are actually changing the face of a specific culture that aren't these narrative type of voices, I feel need to be added to the mix. 
because it aligns. It, it aligns exactly the same and it doesn't diminish one from the other. It simply adds to the power of the medium. Mm-hmm. I agree. That is all. That is all. That is all. Um, but let's listen to the third little piece here, which actually goes to what you were talking about being um, Anne Klein mentoring you. <laughs> the other thing that I loved was that you could ask to be paired with a mentor and if they found someone that sort of fit what you needed and felt like they could be help to you or just, you know, listen to you, they paired you up. So I actually got paired up on the last day with Jesse Baker, who is a producer or the main producer for the Estera Perel show called Where Should We Begin? And Estera did an incredible speech uh, that was just mind-blowing. And Jesse, who I was partnered with for a mentoring session, was so kind. She was generous. She was thoughtful. She really gave me some great advice. And I think there were like 153 different women who were paired with mentors. And that's the type of interaction that really can make or break a you know conference experience for someone. Yeah. So, I mean, but could you imagine if you attended like something like uh, like a movie, like how to make a movie sort of conference or, uh, you know, filmmakers kind of thing or the fashion week and you get a mentor from that's already done it? I think that that would be really cool that has done something at a caliber that you don't really have access to. I mean, really, I mean, we're, we, I mentor, that's what I do, but there's some things that I just don't know. I would like to hear more about that kind of stuff. The mentoring thing I think is cool. Again, what would you do with a panoply or a gimlet producing show mentor? What would I do with that? How could she help me? I have no way of learning. I mean, the career trajectory is so different to me. There's something that, that I feel happens when you do have a conversation with somebody who like, okay, Matt from uh, Radio Public, like that guy is in a completely different trajectory. But we're not of, talking about Matt. I, we're talking the, about a woman mentor who works for one of these companies. Well, that's what I let me well, let me bring it back to what that means. This is not something that I like, you know, when I met him and I sat down with him and started talking with him about, um, you know, his experiences with Radio Public and what he's done and doing some research on that stuff. We had like nothing in common. I mean, it's not something specific in terms of of like like his trajectory in terms of the space itself and his love of podcasting and being in the space is not like mine at all. But When we started to chat and he asked me about the things I wanted to achieve, his ability to give me his insight from his point of view, he didn't say like, you have to do it this way, you have to do it this other way. He brought clarity to my mission, which is not his. And he gave an hour of his time to sit with me. I mean, we sat for a long time and chatted. And I thought that was really great. He was really uplifting He listened to everything I said. He was incredibly positive and he offered an insane amount of really wonderful insight into my mission, as well as how that could in some way help Radio Public, who has a really strong mission. So what I'm saying is, 
that these women that have been working in audio production, have been working producing these things, have been either, you know, being a producer or being a host or having to pitch a show to somebody, you can glean that experience and add it to yours. Like one of the biggest challenges that I know, especially for our ladies now is, you know, there's a lot of them that are looking for sponsorship right? As you know, everybody's like, I launched my show. When can I start looking for sponsors? Yeah. And it's like all the time. And I think one thing that is deeply, that it just doesn't happen at, at all for a lot of this is how to re- to pitch their shows, like how to actually speak about them in a way that it, that it makes that it makes this, the other person get very excited about them to get like r- real understanding of what it takes to talk about your show. And maybe there's somebody who wants to, doesn't want to work, you know, and, and be part of like Gimlet or the Panoply Network or anything like that. But maybe their ability to have a conversation with somebody that has pitched a show and, you know, something that has worked, they can use some of that experience to add to their own personal pitches because it's going to streamline it in some way. Does that make sense to you? Or do you think like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to learn anything from that? It's a stretch. Like there's nothing, there's nothing to be learned. Like I'm I, not going to sit here and say there's nothing to be learned from other people, any other people. I guess what I'm saying, I mean, like always you can learn something from talking with someone, but I'm just sort of flashing back to my own conversations that I had with women who were sound designers and producers and directors of podcasts. And I just felt like I was way past where they were in their careers. And I just wonder, if like Katie was way past who the person she was talking to. I mean, it doesn't mean that they don't have an expertise in one specific area, but as an independent podcaster, you get a much more well-rounded education in podcasting by doing everything yourself. So you do. I almost feel like you, we're the ones yeah. that should be mentoring them because I think that there's a, we have oh, sorry, now, sorry, now that now your example of talking with Matt, or, you know, like if I had a mentorship with Hernan from Wondery or Alex Blumberg or Sarah Von Mosel, people who are in the C-level range or who've been doing this a really long time in different aspects of a podcasting company, that would be a value to me. But as a person who's a podcaster, a co-host of a comedy show and this show and a bunch of other shows, like I, I don't want to learn about production and sound design like that has that means nothing to me and so if i were to be paired with a mentor at work at like what would they teach me every person's different right but like what would they teach liz covart what would they teach what could they possibly teach you well i have a feeling liz covart would have apps and see here's the thing jess you should teach them you cannot now, what we, what I, I feel that I could have learned something from the interactions, the, that like, I'm a real, I love to be a student and understanding the type of language that's necessary, the type of, like, I would have learned the, these are the things I would have learned already just to observed. How do these women who are the higher power players, because that's sort of like where I would like to emulate to be, how are these women talking? How are they engaging with the audience? How do they uh, describe who they are and what they and what they do? In what ways do they lead? What are the ways in which they draw people in? 
And in what are the ways that are like, oh, you know what? I didn't really like the way she did that. Like, that's what I would have learned from it. Now, in terms of like a mentorship, I do agree that there are some, like, I would, I think part of the way that you were sort of chosen as the 150, I think, three women or whatever that were chosen is that you have to, you, there was an application process. So there was a process of you pitching or writing about your show, what you wanted to do, or maybe what you, what part you wanted to play inside of the industry. And then you were lined up with a mentor that would most be a match for you. That's I mean, what that I think would be they useful, did. But I just can't imagine who that yeah. would be there. So, but point. but I also think at the, right. But here's the thing. This is what I feel as a leader in this space. I think my my me speaking for myself, having the mindset that I can learn that I, there's always to always have a beginner's mind to always start with a conversation as wow, this is really neat. How did you do that? I would like to know how you approach this. And to start to move from that place of sort of like being much more expansive about it so that I can move into the conversation and truly grow. Because I feel as a society, that's what we, we're just so convinced that we, what we do is the right way. And I am, and the only thing is that I've been doing that. I've been complaining so much about the procasters taking everything, the procasters taking everything. Right. And see here, I don't complain about that, but I also don't expect everything to meld. It's not about melding. It's about having a dialogue. And I think that there is something to be learned around it. Well, now sure. that, that said, though, if, if we and then the thing is, though, I'm challenging myself to do that. What I would like to offer up is to challenge them to also move into a space where they do look at the women who are doing incredible stuff, like Congressional Dish, you know, uh, in this space oh, yeah, right now, like women who are just, uh, you example. know, starting to, to like really be seen for their work, who have really just from the ground up started to do these incredible, uh, like, I guess I'm saying small, but it's not really. It's being very impactful about their type of stuff, like Liz Covart from, in the history side of things. And to be able to really put us in that same sort of expertise level, because that's a whole other learning, mm-hmm. right? And actually, you know what? This actually leads us to the last bit of the content here. I think my only criticism or thing that if they sent me a survey and I say I would consider this or offer this piece of advice is because it wasn't particularly catered to indie podcasters, there were sort of gaps in some of the knowledge that I think would have been helpful. I know that when I attended podcast movement, Jessica's discussion that she led or uh, session that she led where she talked about advertising and how to get it, what to do with it, what you need to have, how you need to approach it. To me, that was the best thing that that happened for me at Podcast Movement was just really hearing practical, tangible information. So that was something that I think could have been helpful for a lot of the people who attended Work It. The other thing is that I really would have enjoyed some small breakout sessions where people could have gotten together in smaller groups. And that really happened organically. You know, if, if there were sessions going on and people needed to take a break or they, you know, it it wasn't applicable to their particular show or their career, because there really were women from all over 
podcasting as well as broadcasting. So not every session was going to be applicable to every person. So people would just meet up in the lobby and kind of schmooze and talk and exchange business cards and get to know each other. And But I would have loved it if there had been some organized ways of doing that so that people could have met up with other people that were in their similar circumstance. And I think that that knowledge sharing would have been really helpful. You got a shout out, Jess. I know. That's really sweet. <laughs> no, but that, that actually speaks that to what I was just talking about before. Is so needed. I cannot wait to put this course together for people. Cannot wait. I, I am working on it. I am rearranging my life so that I can put it together. I cannot wait. So I appreciate her saying that. Yeah, she's right. Like that kind of really directly impactful information where where I feel is sort of like the, the, the big disconnect is that there is, there are maybe two or three paths towards um, a trajectory within professional podcasting audio production, and there are a handful of companies out there that are doing this. There is now a little bit more of an expansive where um, there are like those corporate uh, podcasts out there that are looking for, uh, in quotes, professional talent to help them put these things together. You know, I just found out Blue Apron is having a podcast now, like they're producing a podcast. That's because they ran out of advertising dollars. Yeah. And so so now they're doing that. They're doing that well, because well, well, they ran out of A, they ran out of shows to advertise on, and yeah. B, they spent everything they had, and now they have nothing. So they yeah. need to do a podcast Sweet. because they can't afford to do it on shows anymore. Sweet. So then HelloFresh said they would pay double anybody who used to do a Blue Apron ad. <laughs> oh my God. It's too much. I don't even want to get into that conversation. But it's you know, hilarious. Like, I was. It's the it's best. It's insane. But, but the thing is that, that there's a, there's a leading uh, trajectory. That's what the trajectory is. Whereas in for the indie podcasting base, there are people that have done it the way Liz Colbert has done it for Ben Franklin's World. There is, you know, Glenn from the Horse Network. He's done it a completely different way, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And he's yes. making some cash doing that kind of stuff. Yes, um, and bringing again a nun's life to the mix, they do have donations and they have grants and they have ways in which they can support what they're doing. So there's that kind of trajectory as well to the mix. And none of them are actually, there are some things that are the same about those like three examples that I'm using. But in truth, it's it's not the same. Las, like Elizabeth D'Alto does a lot of, of, of um, you know, filling of her products and services inside of her show. Um, Kate Stillman does a lot of selling on her show for her higher end like models in there via her podcast. Like those are like key things that people do to essentially sell their stuff. So uh, there are all of these different ways and different models in terms of podcasting. And there isn't one right way to do it. And the audiences are completely different. And no, you don't have to be concentrating on download numbers in order for this to happen. And, you know, the skill set that I that Kate and um, Elizabeth have in building an online platform is by far above and beyond what even any of those NPR peeps are doing at this moment, because they have a, you know, that's what I exactly. And so that for somebody who has a dream, (laughs) 
you know, in that space that went to work it. That podcast in a dream that is attending work it and they're like super well, like super just in, just love everything. Maybe they're, they have a, a specific pitch they want to put out there and they leave thinking, I want to pitch it to, you know, one day, one day Gimlet will pick up my thing. One day WNYC will do it. And that's like their focus where it's like there's part of me that says, hey, you know, you can start. You could totally do the whole thing. Really? Yeah. And get the listeners. You can do I mean, it it's there's so much. There's so much stuff right now. Sarah Werner just like um launched her newest podcast and it like literally was it's going to like gone through the top of the charts and that woman she doesn't she's not a broadcaster. She's just doing something different. You know, and it's like something to be said for that. People who have been in the community have been understanding the pulse of the pro space and the indie space. Like there has, we can both learn from from each other's side. So I guess that's my thing. Like we need a little bit of the other so that you could see other examples that are doing exactly what they put themselves forward, showcasing women's voices, bringing diverse and unrepresented voices forward and telling those stories. It just doesn't always have to be in this, in this model, in, in this model that, uh, that work it really, really excels at. Expanding that model at, to, and, and also empowering the new ones that are coming through would, uh, would be awesome. But you had some feedback that wasn't necessarily positive. It's pretty short, but after we talked last week, someone did reach out to me and say, and I will just read it, I wanted to report back on Work It To You because I and a few others of the She Podcast ladies went and it was really disappointing as you had sort of very tactfully predicted. (laughs) Very NPR focused, focused on people with lots of resources and money, no time for networking or socializing, and for someone a little more seasoned, it was so boring. They paid for my ticket, but it cost about $800 for flight, hotel, transport, etc. And it was a total waste of money and time. If you want more details, I'm happy to share. But I just wanted to confirm what you already had hinted at. I'm not going back. Mm. I didn't mean to necessarily predict that that would happen. And again, I wonder if I put people in a bad mindset before they went. Like, well, I'm not going to expect anything good. And then, of course, you get out what you put in or you get out what you expect. Right. So like if you, I didn't mean to law of attraction, anyone is what I'm trying to say. Law attraction. anyone? I didn't mean to law. Yeah. Law of attraction. Like, you know, if you didn't hear me say it's not really for us and you went and had a great time, you know, I just, I hope I didn't ruin it for anyone, but I just, that was my experience. And it was probably because it was invite only. And even though it was more intimate, it did make for – I mean, I did have lots of lovely and interesting conversations, to your point, Elsie, but was it a good valued use of my time? Probably not. A full day of hearing about sound design is not the best use of my time. Certainly not when I'm trying to build an agency. It's just stupid. So that's just me, though. I'm in a very grouchy mood, and I don't know why – so I hear myself and I know I'm Debbie Downer right now. <laughs> and I am I I don't even know how to bring myself to sound peppier. I just am not peppy. What can we do? 
There's we can just can keep do. talking. Maybe we could. Just, yeah, maybe maybe work it is bringing you down. But uh, and I mean, I'm just going to close this off to say that maybe because it's you know the thing is it just hasn't been fun for you lately in terms of the podcasting <laughs> space with all the crap that's especially been happening. with the procaster you know? shows. Yes. Like I've been really yeah. grouchy about how. When it comes to advertising, independent podcasters have been treated lately. It's been burning my britches something terrible. Hearing about an entire room full of people who work for these networks that get, you know, that don't have to run their social, that don't have to do their editing, that don't have, you know, and that they can just like take an ad for $2,000 an ad and that's half the network gets the other half and that's being sold at 20 CPM and they still make a killing. It just is making me grouchy as hell right now. Yeah. I mean, so it grouchy. would me as well. And I, I understand your perspective on that. And, and again, for me, it's my biggest passion now is really not, that has nothing to do with, yeah, the advertising model and download numbers. I mean, if I can yeah, start it's to not bitterness or I, jealousy, I don't feel those things. I just feel tired. It's disempowering. <laughs> the thing is, it's a, it's disempowering, and we don't want to feel like that anymore. That's why we pot. That's why we started podcasting. I do. Because that's it was exactly an right. I, it's like I know how to get. I know how to get. I know how to help these shows. Everyone listening, I know how to teach you how to get your own sponsor. And I, you know what? I I realized that I started my agency with the desire to help everyone get their own sponsor because I was like, podcasters just don't know how to get their own sponsors. I know how to do it. I'll do it for everyone. But you have to understand, originally I said no. I don't want to do it for everyone. I want you guys to learn how to do it. And some podcasters were like, okay, let's learn how to do it. And then they would try and do it and then it wouldn't work. And so I felt bad. And so I was like, no, no, I'll do it for you. And with all the companies out there not knowing what it is or how to do it, like, it just was so hard to convince. It is, not was. It is so hard to convince companies first to try podcast advertising, then to try the show I'm advocating for. And it took so long that I was like, you know what? I've got to get with these agencies because they're the ones spending. And some of these shows really need to get an advertiser. I can't take another nine months to find these people a sponsor. It's not fair. So I started working for, with the agencies, the ones who pay $25 CPMs and do one, two episodes at a time. And now I'm mad about that because it's the exact opposite of what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach people how to use their social platform. And use their influence and use their clout to make more money. And it's like all the rules. <sighs> they, they, I know it's all the rules. I, I completely get it. I just, I just I don't want to play in that, that my, playground. My cleaning lady positioned some of Isaac's toys so that it looks like they're humping each other. And I lost my train of oh. thought. Oh, great. <laughs> That's all right. It just the turtle like is humping the like, dog. Oh. And <laughs> now I don't even know what I... <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't even know what I was saying. No, I mean, he totally doesn't even talk like that anymore. Isn't that so weird? Like now if he was say like now now he says things like, "Oh, I love this. It's delicious." He doesn't say, mm, "This is good." He says, "I love it, Mommy. It's delicious." Last night I was asking him which um animals were scary at the zoo. The elephants aren't scary. They're perfect. He said. They're oh my perfect. gosh. 
Well, that means I need more drops. That's this so is all I got. They're perfect. Yeah. All right, I'll we give need, you some more. yeah, we need more jobs um, so from anyway, everybody. So I just mean so. like I, I sort of painted myself right into a circle of the opposite of where I was trying to go. It's very, it's just like, well, oh, I think that that's where tired. the grumpy. That's what I'm saying. I think the grumpy's coming from your experience on a daily basis with the not so pleasant uh, realities of the economic space inside of or business practices inside of the procasting advertising space whereas what was experienced i would assume from from the in the positive side for the women that attended work it wasn't really talking about no the nitty-gritty of what it takes to do this kind of stuff that's going to make you want to scratch your face off no, because it was all you, very well, inclusive is, and conceptual right. which is what katie said exactly. like it was all very conceptual and lovey-dovey yes. and inclusive yes. but they never actually said here's what you need to do to be successful which is ironic but not surprising. You know what? I, that just, it just, that actually just hit me really hard here. It's sort of like, you know, when I, I went to grad school, I went to one of the most like elite sort of grad school programs in, in the nation. And there were only seven of us in the class, in my class for, for a master's of, of theater. And I got exposure to being on on regional theater stages, I, I was able to work side by side with professional, uh, incredible off Broadway and Broadway actors. I got to understudy these people. I was immersed in all kinds of classes that I, I was just, I mean, that experience just it was an, an amazing experience. I came out of that program as one of the most, the, the, the elite actors, newest actors coming out into the scene, which is one of the reasons why I got agents. It, essentially, even before I even landed in LA, mm -hmm. I had my choice of going to New York or Los Angeles to take it on. Here's what the failure was. At this program, for these three years of immersion, I could, you know, act the pants off of Shakespeare and do anything from being a Latina to being like a higher, you know, class Australian woman with my voice and all this kind of stuff. But they never taught me how to audition or how to do the business of getting a job. So I would go in there completely unprepared for what I needed to do inside of the reality of what it takes to get roles in the industry. Like just walking inside, like having to sit outside with a bunch of other ladies and you have like five seconds essentially to show how amazing you are when I was ready. When I, you know, what I used to do is like, you know, I, I prepare like all day long mentally and emotionally and I would do yoga and I would practice my voice and I would get into it for like a whole day to nail yeah. a performance, right? <laughs> and then when you go in there, you get like two lines and they're horrific and you got to go in the room and like give them th what they want. Like in the environment is horrible. It's, it's people don't get it. They dismiss you. They look at you and go like, Oh, Oh, hi. And you're like, <laughs> great. So yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like work. It was sort of going to grad school, but then you still need to, you still need all the other stuff, <laughs> mm -hmm. which that's why I'm not an actor <laughs> because I failed miserably at the business of acting. Well, all right. But I mean, I am good at it, but I'm just angry. I think at myself for veering off out of what felt like guilt and desperation when really what I was told at the beginning was just teach other people how to do it. Don't do it for them. And I was like, 
you're right, but I never did that. Instead, I tried to do it for them, and I don't think it's as effective. And I'm not saying like, oh, don't work with me to be represented. I'm not saying that at all because there are shows that I sell that are full until March. So certainly that I – not that I can't do it. It's just that it doesn't work for every show. It doesn't work for smaller shows. It doesn't work for – less established shows. Those are harder for me to sell. Those are the people I want to teach. And it's just like, I'm happy to hear that the course that I did that little session worked for Katie, because I feel like now she's armed with the ability to monetize her own show. She doesn't need my help. And how many more people can I do that for? That excites me. That makes me happy. It would certainly make me feel like I was on the right trajectory. But also I'm grouchy because one thing never is one thing enough, right? We can't be upset about one thing without being upset with everything. So if I'm annoyed about the fact that I need to make a change, I also have to be annoyed with the fact that like I can't pick my major and I'm 42, right? You know, I also right. have to be annoyed with the fact that like I'm 50 pounds overweight. And then I also have to be annoyed with the fact that like you know what I mean? Like, I like I, I just have to keep piling up that all the toys are in the family room and that I need someone to put the tags on my car. And by the way, when are we going on a vacation? You know, like I can't – it can't just be one thing. And I think I learned this from my husband because I was never like this before. I could compartmentalize. I've lost the ability to carpet. I can't even say it now. What happened to me? <laughs> I get what has it. happened to me? Like Scott used to be like well, he used to he used to do this thing to me where he would be like we need groceries and we have no money for groceries and then all of a sudden it was like the house needs to be painted and the driveway's off and it's like wait a minute wait a minute can we just do one thing at a time here please but it's like I picked it up from osmosis or something it's terrible I'm just scratchy that's about no good. that's why I posted this morning. It's a new feeling for me. I don't like to I don't like this. I'm not used to being just generally meh. That's not my resting <laughs> state. I don't have a meh resting state, people. And those of you who listen to this show, you must know that about me. I'm never meh. I really miss I'm always quiet excited about so much. <laughs> oh, it's so quiet here. Now I don't have to miss that. I have the whole house to myself. And I may just go work from bed just so that I can full on feel sorry for myself for a few hours. Because what's better when you feel sorry for yourself than your own bed? Nothing. It's the best. Except I told chocolate you. and stuff. I, I actually bought Halloween candy already. So I may just plow oh. through a bag and then be done with it. Maybe oh that will make God. me feel better. I actually yesterday, you know what really made me feel better? Mm. I know this is so Elsie. But no, dude, going outside <laughs> and looking at the trees. <laughs> oh, it's rainy and shitty out, though. It was so pretty because I was like, you know what? I look at a screen all day long, a little I screen and right. another screen. I don't look outside at no, actual that does make me feel better. But a glass. That does make me feel better. But first of all, yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before? It was pouring. And then yesterday, I think it wasn't raining, but it was like a swamp outside. So humid here. So maybe oh, that means today will be here your what your yesterday was. It seems like you get all the weather first and then it comes yes, north. Yes, I kind of do. It's yeah. actually very beautiful here today. Yesterday was kind of rainy-ish, right. but still eh. And then now, but today is like, oh my gosh, but still the beautiful fall and the trees, that really helped. That really actually that really helped me like big all time. Right. I'll give it a shot. So so there's that. But how about I'll move some things maybe for next time. But I kind of wanted to touch base on a t 
couple of news items and then we can call it a day. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Yeah, let's talk about Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. Can we get to that, please? That's an odd, odd thing happening. It's just very, it's kind of very annoying and it's forcing all of us to do this. And this is, again, coming from the big brother or whatever you want to call Apple. Um, They really don't want people to refer to anything that's podcast related, meaning, you know, how people, um, they say like, review me in iTunes or listen on iTunes, that kind of stuff. They mm-hmm. do not want you guys to promote or use that kind of marketing language at all. You need to say, review my show in Apple Podcasts. And why are Please, they making this change in, for us? Because of branding purposes. So Which is this is actually some P- Apple Podcasts is what you you need to push forward. So essentially, if you look at, I'm not, I'm not sure what the URL is, but I'll put the URL inside of the show notes, people. There are some branding stipulations inside of the sort of like the support articles from that come from Apple. And what they stipulate is that these buttons that you use, they don't say iTunes in them at all. They say Apple Podcasts. And they want to see those <laughs> buttons on your website. So cute They also want they you to use that this. language language. They want you to use that language, Apple Podcasts. Uh, what and happened so to iTunes? That, Why is that the devil just, now? I think it's because there was confusion. And, and, I, and I actually agree with them because iTunes is a software program on your computer. Yes, it is. And so the people were confusing review me in iTunes or I want to be in the iTunes. I want to be on iTunes. And then people would think that they needed to upload their podcast to iTunes. We get that question all the time. So if there is a difference, meaning in terms of the jargon, I would assume, of vocabulary to say iTunes is the software on your computer. That's where you put your music. That's where you, you know, edit things sometimes, like edit ID3 tags, even though most people don't do that. But that's like essentially for your your own personal music library and things like that versus Apple Podcasts, which is the catalog where all the stuff is. You're right. This is much less confusing. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I want you guys to start to listen. And again, talking about the procasters, they've they've gone on board right away. Of course, when you read articles, it says Apple Podcasts says, and and when you listen in Apple and the homepage of Apple Podcasts, and it's like, so is that different from Apple? Music and different from Apple movies. Yes. Like you can't say yes. iTunes. They all now have to be separated. Yes. You can find that I in Apple that they... movies. You find that <laughs> in Apple TV shows. Make sure you check it out in Apple Podcasts. Like good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Don't get confused, but we're gonna confuse you. It sounds like yes. a good time. Yeah. And it's so hard. And actually, you know, the first some of this first, the, these new buttons, I, I, gosh, I think that they started to come out this year, like the whole rebranding. And they didn't mm-hmm. really push it. It was sort of like, 
these buttons appeared because when I was doing the e-league for the first time in, in um, April, this had started to come forward. Like I, I saw that there was new branding in April. I want to see, but where it's are not the until now that I've started to hear from Apple themselves. Please stop it. And so what they're starting <laughs> they're, to do is listen is, on is Apple Podcasts. They're adorable. Yeah. Yeah, so, so listen funny. on Apple Podcasts, say Apple Podcasts, review on Apple Podcasts, download the show on Apple Podcasts. Oy and Yeah, and it's a um, lot, it's kind of harder to say it, but... It yeah. says, and there's buttons that say, subscribe via iTunes or download the Apple Podcast app. Well, okay, that's not confusing Well, at where, all. where did you get that? Because that's not, that doesn't, it's an it doesn't image. say... You just do Apple Podcast buttons and in Google Images and all kinds of fun stuff is coming up. Yeah, but <laughs> what I'm saying is that you have to look at what they have on their own. I know, I and know. And so, so I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying about this... I'm not for saying you guys anything, why I'm it reading matters. you a button. It matters. I'm re- I- just reading you a button. <laughs> people, People are already starting to screw it up. Yeah, I think it's um, they have a whole thing where it says uh, it's I think it's apple.com slash iTunes slash marketing on podcast identity guidelines. So they have the Apple podcast button there where it's got a zip file and they have the different colors. Oh, good. Uh, they have the, the sizes the show for you. So people can grab it. Yes, and it has a linking to your podcasting, and then it has messaging and style. Mm -hmm. Um, And it says here, suggested messaging. Subscribe to podcast name on Apple Podcasts. If you love the show, share it with a friend on Apple Podcasts. Never miss an episode. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get new episodes as they become available. So, yeah, there's that. And so it seems definitions. So they have definitions there. Apple Podcasts. The app that customers use to discover, stream, download, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. And it's available for whatever. Podcast refers to the content type. Episode refers to a single file within a podcast. So it does absolutely have definitive specs for all this stuff. Now, oh, and then they even have like the ones that are avoid mistakes and all that kind of stuff. The reason that this is important, other than, you know, there's many of you guys that are probably like, well, I don't want to do that, or doesn't matter, Apple doesn't rule my world. I mean, me with my hashtag, iTunes is not the boss of my podcast, I'm going to have to change that hashtag and add, Apple Podcast is not the boss of my podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But why it matters is this, because you guys, as much as we tell you that, seriously, they're not the boss of you. Most of you guys still choose to sort of work for the man. So if that's the case, when and if you want to reach out to podcasts, to Apple Podcasts, to support you, to feature you, to give you some love, to tweet you out, to all of that stuff, then you need to have the Apple branding lead the way. If you are not using The Apple Podcast Identity Guidelines for all of your online branding thing for your podcast, Apple is probably not going to consider you. I'm just putting that forward because that's what they do. If you don't care, that's fine too. You could just do it your way. Amen. Amen. There you go. So that's actually uh, what I had in terms of news for people, even though it's not really news, but I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew about that. 
Yeah. So wait, you have one more link in here for the holiday gift guide for podcasters. Oh, I know. I put that in there just for us to have fun. But we've been recording, dude, for like an hour, like a long time. So well, I just want to say I this. So it's got the only okay. thing on here that's even remotely purchasable for a podcaster is the podcast planner. So well done, Addie Sosedo. Because I know. <laughs> the podcast planner is both affordable and practical. Everything else on here is like Adobe Audition, an on-air sign. Who needs that in their closet? Me! Um, a, a, Wait, what's the on-air sign? A, an on-air sign. Is that sign, there? Did I miss it? It's Yeah, it's like a sign you hang on your – basically, it's like when you're broadcasting in a radio station, when they start recording, it says on-air. So they have a oh, door I hanger. A picture of that. That says on air. I mean, it's a mixer, a Shure microphone, a Heil, a Rode, an Audio-Technica headphone. All this stuff is like 500 bu- A standing desk, I tell you. Because that's what you need is a podcaster who's pacing. No, I want to stand. I want to stand when I record. In fact, actually, this other stand. one that they have. Can you imagine this- how angry John would be if I had a standing desk? I was just thinking that. I was thinking her mic technique Why? is horrible enough. Because I can't sit still, much less stand. You need a headset with really? a microphone. You've never seen me. Sta- you've never seen me in a synagogue, Elsie. When we have to stand and sit and stand oh. and sit. When I stand up to do the prayers, I mean, my knees are shaking like I've got ants in my underwear. It's terrible. I'm the worst. I'm so fidgety. Yes, I cannot stand oh still. God. I get it from my dad. My dad knees do the same thing. I got like I used to watch him on the bema in synagogue and be like, someone has to put a rod in his pant leg. Just so he can't bend his knee back and forth. <laughs> so bad. Now I do the All same right. thing. So, I mean. All right. He's got the Jimmy legs. I wouldn't mind actually a treadmill desk. But again, not conducive to podcasting for everybody. Not I just when think, you're doing it. No. And then and, I thought, actually, well, where are the wool socks? Well, this isn't my list. Well, this is I just think every podcaster list. should. I'm now convinced every podcaster should have wool socks. Yeah. I mean, that's a very practical holiday gift. You're just, (laughs) I know. For every podcaster. For the win. Yes. I can't wait to put our holiday gift together. We really should do it soon. Yes. That's why I brought it up there because I knew you would make you happy. You love this stuff. That's why I put it in here. Except for the, you know, there are some great ideas. This very desk height adjustable standing desk, I think is amazing, Mm -hmm. yet incredibly expensive. And uh, Mm -hmm. that's probably not going to be where I'm going to be spending $395. Same. So, so, but I like it. I think it's cool. But But I like it. But there's that. But yeah, Addie's thingy in there is like the only purchasable thing. In there, I'll put a link in the show notes to that for people. The podcast planner, I think, is a pivotal thing for you to start even. You should probably buy one now so that you can start to browse through it, get into it. So by the time it's time for you to start planning your next year, you've got it in front of your face. Amen. So, amen. All right. So we can wrap it up that's now. it, dude. Sorry, I, I was such a have, bummer this time around. Next it's time all right, I'll but we want to say next week I'll be in New York City recording She Podcast oh. with Rob Walsh. I didn't even tell you about this. Wait, not She Podcast. You're yes. going to be recording I'll the be rec- what? No, I told no. I booked the spot for She Podcast, and we're going to be doing an NAB oh. roundup together on Wednesday. 
Oh my God, how exciting. So I wish we could tap you in, Elsie, but we can't. But yeah, so Rob and I are going to be at the NAB show in New York. And he asked me if I'd like a spot. And so I said, I reached out to Rob and I said, do you want to do a live recording? I'll do my show and we can talk about the NAB show. And I think it's Wednesday. It's either, no, it's Thursday afternoon. And I, I'm uh, hoping they'll give me the recording for you guys so you can hear it. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. That's going to yeah. be great. It's that's going to be, be an really awesome fun. show because he's, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to oh be my really gosh. fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> that's so good. Well, oh, and you know what? Before we go, first I want to say a big high five to John Buchanan for his work on the last episode. You guys, you don't understand what he had to go through to put that those 40 minutes together in the last episode. Nor should episode. you the ever chaos. Know. Nor should you ever. You should. We almost all of us quit. <laughs> well, right. if I can just ch- so, chime in here for just two seconds. What we did was we yes. overcome a situation that was becoming a problem. Instead of trying to make the situation conform to the problem, we were making the problem conform to the situation. And now we're doing a where we're, re- we're using Skype as only a vehicle to talk to each other. But we're recording on our each of our audio on our own. end. it'll sound better. It'll give me less gray hairs, and it'll stop me from spitting on my computer screen. So I almost quit too. Yes, like uh, Jessica. Had, I was very yeah, close. Was Jessica close. had stopped over uh, on on Wednesday when I was going through this, and she's looking at what I'm doing, and she's like, "Oh my god, I can't!" Uh, and she's like, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." But we had like three files, six hours, and I I mean, it was like ten time. files, and I couldn't, and they weren't lining up. It was just, I think I probably spent. 10 to 12 hours just getting 40 minutes of <gasps> audio out. Oh my God. And I had to use, Elsie had yeah. to come in and kind of give us a, you know, well, but, oops. Yeah, oops. Sorry. So, but you know what? Have this you show- ever had to yeah. say to your co host, I expect your life choices, but I can't live like this? Probably not. <laughs> no. But see, the thing about it we, is, we are the two only people in the world, John, that have to deal with that. That's not true. Here's the thing if you have a passion for podcasting, like we do, there is a way to overcome all issues. This was flawless. Everybody, and as long as Jessica re- recorded her audio and there's no issues, then this will be swimming. There's, there, there'll be no problem. Let's see, did I hit record? Oh, just kidding. I recorded on her. Recording. <laughs> okay. All right. So it, it won't. You be guys that. have no fucking faith. No <laughs> faith in me at all. I'm so tired of it. I hate everyone. <laughs> Don't be upset. Don't be mad. I'm just every time we open QuickTime when one of you says make sure you have the right mic selected, I want to <laughs> I want to dick slap both of you. But why is that? Because when we used to because do this before, because I don't need to be reminded anymore. You I did it wrong once. That's not true. That is not true. I did it wrong it for a series once. of times, That's but then true. it stopped. <laughs> That's true. Where we had to say, Jessica, Make sure your mic is the correct mic is picked for quick time. Okay, but it's two years later, you putzes. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I know what to do. All right. But the thing, but the thing, I wanted to say thank you, John. You're quite welcome. AudioEditingSolutions.com. You know I mean, this come on, you guys. This is your ten promo to twelve hours. <laughs> your promo, forty minutes. John. They're yelling over each other. That's how they thank me. Yes. <laughs> audio editing solutions the man is a hero he's an editing hero i tell you yeah he's right there with yes. the flash and batman and superman and green lantern and wonder woman oh my there's their standing is john buchanis 
If you guys want to hire John, don't be like us. Like, be like totally not like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, not so many problems with the audio Call stuff. Call when you have your shit together. But, um, <laughs> um, yes. And then the other thing I wanted to share with you guys is that I did an episode. Well, actually, I was on International Podcast Day with Daniel Lewis, and we yes. talk about growing podcasting. So not growing your podcast, but growing podcasting. And he had me on to come on the show. And of course, I could not log in to join him at all. So he patched me in through my cell phone. And I came in live onto International Podcast Day for an hour with him where we talked about this. I was on the phone. He was on video live, live streaming. But I also recorded my end on my side. And I sent it to him after this. And he has pre- like published it as his latest episode for the Audacity to Podcast. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes for that. And there was lots of like, because he mentioned my crappy audio during the show that we were, you know, recording. But in the in the end product, there is no crappy audio. It's good. It's actually a very great audio. So you guys can check it out. And you can even just read his show notes. Because as always, his show notes are epic. And who edited that and podcast? It makes me- I'm John Dukanis from AudioEditingSolutions.com. <laughs> beep, beep. I thought to myself, <laughs> oh, no, not again. And it <laughs> sent me and says, I, yeah. I have Elsie's audio. I'm like... My the color drained out of my face. I'm like, did she record it on her end? He goes, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that wasn't so no, bad. No, it wasn't, and it was a it good, very good episode. Bad. I know because I edited. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that is it, everybody. If you guys want to join um, our group, please go over to Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/shepodcasts. Or you can send us some feedback. Tell us what you thought about Work It. Tell us what you thought about our discussion. Email feedback at shepodcast.com. Uh, also, what else, Jess? Twitter at shepodcast. Twitter Facebook. at shepodcast. Podcast. Um, also, check out shepodcast.com forward slash 101 if you're just getting started and you need all the instructions. And Patreon at shepodcast. Patreon.com forward slash shepodcast. Right. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you. Wouldn't want to be ya. Yay. Love you. Bye. Mean it.